in primetime is Miami at Kansas City with a high of zero for kickoff. But that game will be on Peacock. So and Peacock, so you have to have the app in order to watch that game. Sounds like Waddle and Mostert will be. Seems good to like go. it. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, on Sunday at noon will be the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, minus JT Watt or TJ Watt, and with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback, will travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Probably in what's going to be the highest rated game, maybe in playoff history at three thirty. On Sunday on Fox, Packers at Cowboys. Yeah. And then NBC gets the Rams-Lions game, which is – I mean, Jared Goff, Sean McVay kind of gave up on him. Matt Stafford never won a playoff game in Detroit. Now you get them both on opposing teams. Flip-flop. And then the Monday night game is Philly at Tampa. So there's your playoff schedule if you miss it. That game will be on ABC slash ESPN. Do we have any sort of an update on Jalen Hurts? Uh, Did you see what I sent you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had you ever heard of that before? No, it's fascinating. So basically, we're waiting to find out if there's a ligament tear. That's right. And what what Jalen Hurts had happened to his finger is called swan neck deformity. Now, if any of the athletic trainers that listen to this program with any regularity want to say, Plank, you dope, you're falling for a fake on Twitter – well, I'll tell you what, Dr. Jesse Morse, if this is fake, is one of the most in-depth explanations of something fake ever. He's, he's a great con artist if he is. <laughs> the treatment here depends on whether or not there is a fracture and if there is a ligament tear. Since this is his throwing hand and this finger is vital to his throwing ability, the best case scenario is that he wears a splint to prevent hyperextension. And the, the splints look like... It looked like something my daughter would make in her fourth grade class. Did you see the splint? Oh, my gosh. So, we'll see. It did not. It was one of those moments where everyone on Twitter has the same, I don't think fingers are supposed to bend that way, right? Yeah. Like, good joke. Um, let's talk about the transfer portal, shall we? Anything else from the NFL to get to here quickly off the top? One more firing this morning, Ron Rivera. He's the, out of Washington. Uh, I think I'm out on Jacksonville. Are you out on Jacksonville now? Are you out on Trevor Lawrence? I've got to be, right? Last year, they had one of the lowest percentages to make the playoffs heading into like week they 14. They were Houston. Yeah, exactly. This the, year, the whole they, year they were Houston. This year, they had the highest percentage to make the playoffs over the last four weeks of any of the teams in their division, and they lay an egg down the stretch. Them and uh, Atlanta copped it up. And, you know, in that, <laughs> in that, I guess I didn't realize, because I'm not a gambler, I guess I didn't realize how close there were to some over-under win totals getting hit yesterday. Like, the Cardinals hit their under with that loss, and the Seahawks hit their over with that field goal. Oh, wow. Miss. And it, it literally yeah. came down to that yeah, kick. it literally came down to that kick. That's crazy. Um, all right, so let's get some transfer portal talk uh, going here. Uh, that's your NFL news. More in the top five stories today coming up uh, in about – a little, low, a little under an hour from now. In the meantime, all your transfer portal news here on the Plank Show is brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction. Uh, Swiftco Roofing and Construction, full-service roofing, construction company, all types of roofing, all work related to storm damage as well, which is something to keep an eye on this week, 405-831-8222. All right, Sooners add in the transfer portal. Michael Tarquin. Michael Tarquin started his career – at Florida, then he transferred to USC. In that stretch, he played. Uh, had started eight games for USC this fall. 
started 10 games at Florida, and during his previous three years at Florida, had made 31 total appearances. Now the question is, is he good? Uh, did a little digging, found Coach Brian Clinton. Uh, it's Brian, right? I like him. I like him. I just don't want to screw names up. Uh, and the headline of this OU Insider video is, is Michael Tarquin actually good? Now, we can't play the entire 19 minutes and 22 seconds, but here's the summation of what Brian had to say about whether or not Michael Tarquin is good. I think this is a good way to look at it. C-minus guy, if if you're looking at it from a from a letter grade standpoint, I've graded him. Uh, he's a 70.9 out of 100. Um, good awareness, does a good job in pass pro, uh, could use some work in his run blocking, does well in space, and and his, uh, his footwork's pretty good. But uh, the agility, change of direction, um, you know, being able to, to, to break down and control himself in open space just isn't great. So I think he would do uh, really well having somebody kind of protecting his outside shoulder uh, or, you know, or his outside gap, I think he'd be uh, much better in a situation like that. And that's, that's what I expect Oklahoma to do with him. Hey, so is that him saying he thinks he's going to play guard? (laughs) I think that's what he's saying. That's what it sounds like to me. What do we know about the LSU kid who, again, uh, as we, as we talked about, Josh is a five-star so it doesn't matter what he's done on the field. He's a five star. So no that's doubt. what that's what matters most. Zaylance heard. Well, it sounds like OU's got a really good chance. It sounds like it's uh, obviously took the visit to Oklahoma and uh, has been down Oklahoma, Tennessee, and it doesn't sound like Tennessee feels awfully confident about it. So it might be another name to add to our Swift Co. transfer portal board very shortly. Uh, we've also started to see, is there anything else that you saw this weekend in the portal from an Oklahoma coming in perspective? I don't think so. I hadn't either. I heard there I heard there might be some big news coming on the high school commit standpoint, but that's someone else. What do the guys in recruiting now say? That's someone else's story to tell. That's someone else's story to tell. Uh, As in uh... – this class for OU? Next year. 25? Next year or the following year. One of those. 25 or, or 26. Let's keep it that vague. Uh, Jesse G. As in, uh, <laughs> as in someone that might have might play locally? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there, there's the possibility there. Within or around the Metro? Maybe. Maybe. It's, it's a fair way to put it. Tarquin is related to Tony Baselli somehow. Is that true? I've looked through all of his bi- – I read his stupid bio from his freshman year at Florida, and if I didn't see that, I'm going to kick myself. Tony Baselli, huh? Not bad bloodlines. Bad, not bad bloodlines at all. I, I think sometimes, too, Josh, um, not, I-, I liked how Coach Curtis or Coach Clinton brought the, uh, broke that down. Not everyone that you bring in, you're bringing in because – they oh, check every box. That, there it is. Look at it. And not everyone in the portal is going to check every box. Now, Zaylin Cern might be a little bit different. I mean, this is a guy that appears to check about every single box. And don't know what went wrong at LSU. Well, he was a true freshman. But we'll take it. We'll take it. I am personally – oh, wait, hold on a second. Jesse, 
Jesse G, we got to go back to just sending Instagram reels to each other, okay? He married his daughter. That's his father-in-law. Thank you, uh, the 918, Sam at Edmund, and 580. So you're right. You're right. At, at the core, Jesse is right. He is related, but I can't go into the DNA there. It's his father-in-law. <laughs> I still didn't see that anywhere in digging into this kid. Maybe I needed to listen closer to Coach Clinton's breakdown of it. Um, but anyway, new edition, portal-wise, Michael Tarquin. We'll wait now and see what's next. But we've started to see a little bit, Josh, of movement in guys heading the opposite direction, leaving Oklahoma. Marcus Major, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Yep. couple of uh, former Sooners heading their way to the now defunct Big Ten West. So Tawi Walker is on his way to Wisconsin. And now Marcus Major on his way to Minnesota. You know, um, and and Aaron Parks this weekend. I'm so sorry. He's going to have to put up with that car salesman now. I know, right? Uh, Aaron Parks, gosh, has there been anyone, anyone who comes up with something that we all love that we hate as quickly as we did, as as has P.J. Fleck? (laughs) Row the boat. Row the boat. We're like, this is awesome. But then you become a Power 5 guy. And And you're like, yeah, okay, we get the boats being rowed, bro. I think we need to come up with something else. Uh, Anyway, Aaron Parks on his way to South Carolina. So that means of the the Sooners that have hit the portal and have found a new location, that would be of the 18 players on their way out. And let's see. Uh, this weekend, DJ Graham announced that he was going to Utah State. But that would be one of only two players who aren't moving on to a power. Three. LV Bunkley Shelton on his way to Georgia State. I mean, one of only three guys who are not going to a power five conference. Am I crazy in thinking that's okay? That's That's a fairly big deal? I mean, last year we're following guys that enter the portal – and the next thing you know, they're ending up at, no offense, G.J. Kinney, Texas State, and, and even though Houston had elevated up to Power 5. You know, it's I guess that would be the same with SMU, and there's two guys here that are going to SMU. I don't know. It makes me feel a little bit better about some of the talent that's around here. Now, some of them we didn't want to leave, Josh. Caden Green would have liked to see you stick around. Savion Bird would have loved to see more consistency. Kelvin Gilliam would have loved to see that develop to another level. But so far... We're seeing guys shift to major uh, Power 5 schools, and I think that's pretty cool. Might be a bit of a reach, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, a number of these guys, uh, as you pointed out, which, yeah, is a little bit of a departure from this time a year ago. By the way, uh, Jason Johns writes, Gabe said he doesn't see uh, him playing guard, Michael Tarquin. Trust him more than some guy that calls himself coach but does YouTube. Well, I mean, in, in fairness, that's what Josh and I said. That wasn't what Coach Clinton said. So, I don't think they're getting in. They were not starting a holy war here, Jason. Jeez, adorn. Not trying to start a holy war. But I w- and, and maybe we'll that maybe that means you you have a tight end and you go heavy set a little maybe bit more often. I mean, he's six foot five. I mean, he's an absolute 
machine height-wise. When you say you want to protect his outside shoulder, to me that sounds like you want to bump him inside. But, but I mean, listen, that's a dude that would know a lot about the O-line. Hashtag just saying. Uh, and, oh, how about this? Cool news. Breaking news. Speaking of breaking news, we've got more. Uh, Brett McMurphy is reporting that Oklahoma defensive lineman Dewey Selman will be among the newest members of the 2024 class for the College Football Hall of Fame. That is absolutely awesome. Such Now, uh, I don't know what the rules are here. Don't, don't know what the rules are. Might be a little late to the game and getting Dewey in there. Just saying. Um, obviously, Leroy's obviously already been in there, RIP, for a minute. Congratulations. So Dewey Selman will join a class that includes Frank Solich and Michael Vick. Now, I'm sure there's going to be more names that have added been added to it, but... Those sound like the uh, prominent names. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Of course, any name going into the Hall of Fame is a prominent name, but those those would be the most prominent. Consensus All-American in 1975. Second team uh, and an All-American in 1974. I, um, I think that's pretty, pretty cool, if you ask me. So congratulations to Dewey, man. I am... I am over the moon excited for this. What do you make of uh, Frank Solich? I don't know. I don't know if he's necessarily a Hall of Famer. It's kind of like we look at longevity there, right? Oh, well, you know, he did it for a long time, so. All right. He's done it long enough. Put him in the Hall of Fame, I guess. Yeah, Frank Solich, I don't know. Dewey, I get. Michael Vick, I get. Michael Vick was electric at Virginia Tech. Electric. Dewey will join his brother, Leroy, in the Hall of Fame. Dewey was a member of the Sooners National Championship teams in 74 and 75. Two-time All-Big 8 selection. Sooners went 22-1 and in 74 and 75. During his career, he and Leroy were considered the best defensive linemen in the game and were anchors to a Sooner defense in 1974 that only averaged 8.4 yards per 8.4 yards per game would be amazing. 8.4 points per game, and then in 1975, 12.3 points per game. The uh, Oh, that statue that was unveiled is so awesome. So awesome. But congratulations. I know that there's a lot of smiles right now for Dewey, and I'm sure there's a lot of smiles in Starkville, too. Dewey Selman, elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. That's my kind of breaking news here today, Josh. That's my kind of breaking news. So, that's a class. That's a class. Dewey Selman, Frank Solich, and Michael Vick. Now, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure there'll be more. But breaking news brought to you by Wagner's Heating, Air Conditioning, Electrical, and Plumbing. Sell the best and service the rest. All right, when we come back, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, we're about an hour and 20 in, and we really haven't dug into – exactly what is going to happen tonight. Let's talk national championship next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Tonight, national championship game, 630. <laughs> it ain't kicking off at 630. Um, Coverage starts, I guess, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it says 630 on ESPN, so I guess that's just them starting their pregame yapping. 
And we're going to go and go and go. And go and go and go. And then we'll go some more, Josh. And then we'll get more perspectives. Then we'll have, finally, let's go to the site where Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet are ready to take it over. Guys, we're excited about this one. All right, we'll get back to them coming up here in just a bit. I reach a point where I'm yelling at my TV, kick the game off. And that's about five minutes into pregame coverage. (laughs) And I know, that's like me cutting off my nose to spite my face. But here we are. What's your your feel right now? What's Josh Helmer's gut telling him? And I know TJ's got that trademarked. But for Washington, Michigan, tonight. I'm going back and forth with it. I said last night that I thought Michael Penix Jr. on the podcast side was going to lead Washington to the win. But now as today's here, I just think Michigan's a little bit better. I think I'm I'm definitely pulling for Washington for Michael Penix Jr., his brilliance at quarterback to be the difference. And I could see that scenario playing out. But now as game day arrives, I just I'm starting to come around to the idea that Michigan's just a little bit better across the board. That's how I feel too. I kind of think Michigan's a little bit of a more talented football team. But here's, here's my question. Now, I, we'll clear out some of the good texts that have been rolling in. But I do have a question for the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Do we have a rooting interest tonight? Or are we just able to watch this as fans? I mean, do you feel like if Washington wins, that somehow gives Texas some kind of, well, we were a minute away from seconds away from the national championship. I mean, I, that might be reaching a little bit. But is there a – you feel like there's a rooting interest there one way or the other outside of – for me, I just want to see a good football game, and I think Michigan's the more talented team. If I told you that Jim Harbaugh was gone after this game, would that make you – and it take the Raiders thing right, out Right, of right, right. No, I hear what you're saying. Does that make you more inclined to root for Michigan so as to keep DeBoer and Washington off the board going forward? I don't think it has much of an impact on Oklahoma. I don't. But I would entertain that argument that DeBoer's here to stay. And this is a – look, there's nothing like a national championship, right? Right. That is the program potential jump starter. We saw it at Clemson where Clemsoning was a thing for years and years and years, but you win one with an iconic quarterback, and all of a sudden you get back, you win another, you're in the mix for several others along the way, and now Clemson is sort of thought of, though they got to climb that mountain again, right, and get back and get right. Clemson's thought of as a team that legitimately can challenge for national championships now. Right. Does Washington enter that type of territory with this win tonight? Okay. I like the way that you're thinking. I like the way that you're thinking. In other words – and they're going, as you mentioned, into a new conference, does it suddenly elevate them to a different level to where, all right, they're a problem. They're, they're a problem for a long time because they'll have that eventual. I know they're taking partial shares early on, and they've had a lot of turnover with their AD and, and their quote-unquote front office administration. But suddenly they go from being, ah, oh, it's a cute story, look at Washington, how nice is that, to now it's – Dang, this DeBoer guy's got something going on here. This is not a Washington program that's here because they've had six straight top five classes. No, it's not. It's really putting a dent in the uh, what's what's Ari Wasserman's thing, the the index blue chip the ratio, blue chip ratio, 
whatever it might be, and neither one of these teams are in that, like even I think top 15. I mean, Miami, I'm Miami, Michigan has built a beast over the last couple of years under Jim Harbaugh with, A, Jim Harbaugh not being known as the best recruiter, right? But then I, there's a lot of developmental guys there. We're not talking about a, a, a ton of transfer portal guys for Michigan. These are dudes that they've, I mean, truly developed. Don't even, there's, there's five stars there. Right, there's some rock stars that they yeah, brought they, in. They're really talented, but they're just—I mean—they're a talented football team from top. To, look at if, especially defensively. Look at mock drafts right now. Corum's a great player, and they—and then they were able to sell guys on coming back. I mean, they sold dudes on coming back. How about? I mean, look the the running back Corum, right? Yeah. I mean, I know you had the injury and everything, but uh, he he would have had a professional opportunity if he wanted it last uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Five eight oh eight. Phil Knight on suicide watch tonight. I mean, Washington wins, and they've got that over Oregon. Well, they basically become Oregon, right? Right. But they're Oregon, but they've got the hardware. They cashed it in. Oregon had chances, couldn't do it. Then there's the other side of it, to where you step back and realize maybe they just have that perfect mix of. Good quarterback that got developed at the right time. Couple of timely defensive plays here and there. Bro, and some dudes at Playmaker. I mean, Roma Dunze, get him in a Raiders uniform yesterday. But I mean, the point is, you I I mean, they're really good and they're really talented, but okay, are they gonna be able to scheme around the pass rush that we've seen be so effective for Michigan? What happens if they don't have a running game because Michigan shuts it down? Washington's offensive line won the Joe Moore Award? I mean, that's this is good on good right here. That kind of blows me away. If you told me that Harbaugh was staying in Ann Arbor for the next decade, I would 1,000% say, okay, let's, let's roll with Washington tonight because that's more advantageous, I think, for Oklahoma because, again, though this could open that door to a different uh, different – level of recruiting and different status, different prestige for Washington's program. They haven't shown that they've been that program over the last 30-some-odd years, right? No. Michigan's recruited to that level. So if you told me that Harbaugh's there to stay at Michigan, then, okay, I'm all aboard the Husky train tonight, and I'm still rooting for Washington, I think, either way. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on that. It's kind of weird. I'd love to see Washington win it. I'm a big fan of Michael Penix's story. I just brought up, I mean, again, guys that I talk to, I might be a little bit more jaded towards, but I'm a big, I, I talked to Roma Dunze on the night that the playoffs were announced, and he was great. He didn't even get mad at me for somehow adding a, a Dunze, which I think, I don't know where that came from in my head, but I think it sounds better. I think you should you got, think you about got to talk to Rome. With it. I get to talk to Romy. He was really good. True Sooner writes, Washington is the 2000 OU Sooners. But they're not as good defensively. I don't know if they're as good defensively. They're not as complete. They've got – I think they're a lot like uh, Oklahoma in 17. Baker, superstar quarterback, defense. And they're – made some plays. They're maybe even a little different from that team, but they're closer to that OU team. I will say – I. I don't know if I've held anything against a team more than I held Washington's performance against Arizona State against them. 
And maybe it was because I sat and watched every snap of that game because we, it was a really, really late game. And I love Kenny Dillingham, the head coach at Arizona State. And Josh, just watching it, you're like, what's happening here? Is this team good? I think, honestly, it made it affected my Heisman vote. Because uh, I watched it, I thought there is no way that that dude playing quarterback right now for Washington should win the Heisman. But what they do, they still found a way to, you got to win your stinkers. You got to par holes that you shank your drive. You got to scramble. Uh, I got to come up with any other analogy outside of golf since it looks like I'm not going to get to play for a while. Well, the point is it can be a mess. You know, it can be a mess if you don't. And, and Washington found a way to win their stinkers. Great example of. You just got to find a way to win games. You just got to find a way to win games. All right, 1033. Now, Realtor Chris has an outstanding text message. Remember how we had Postal Sooners text that kind of launched us into a, a whole topic and a whole almost hour of the show? I think Realtor Chris has that as well, and we'll get to coming up here in just a bit. We'll also hear from Kalen DeBoer and Jim Harbaugh before we get to the – Top five stories of the day. It's all coming up on a busy, busy Monday. Again, the the two tidbits of breaking news today. Number one, well, I, it was kind of known over the weekend that Oklahoma had added Michael Tarquin, but I guess the breaking news is LSU has an interior offensive lineman in the portal, former five-star guy that Oklahoma is viewed to be very much in on. Who's in OU and – did you say Tennessee? Tennessee. I saw the Tennessee fans are already freaking out if they don't get him. Did you? <laughs> yes. Was it you that found that tweet? Yeah. That's hilarious. Zalarian? Zalancer. Zalancer. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that story. And then Dewey Selman has been elected to the 2024 class for the College Football Hall of Fame. It's a Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the show. Uh, I'll wait a second to, to get to Chris's text. I, I care about you people. If you say, hey, man, I was a long text. If you hit it, I got to jump into a meeting for a while. I'm on your schedule. I'm unlike some who say bleep the fans. How much more money can I get out of you? <laughs> um, but he, just to type a couple of loose ends here real quick. We were talking about, who was it Ari Merev, who thought the best opening in the NFL right now is the Commanders. I'm like, ah. Why? But it, a good explanation off the tax line. From the 940. A lot of cap room. Upwards of eighty million, eight draft picks in the top one hundred in this draft. In this draft, including number two overall. So you get a you well, get they, one of the two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks. Yeah, because you're not in on Sam Howell. No, I don't think so. If and if you're a new uh, new coach, new uh, did they fire their general manager too? I think Rivera was. Both. Both, yeah. Okay, so they're in the market for for both then, right? Let's go with that hypothetical. Uh, if that's the situation, even if you're just hiring a head coach, probably you want your own guy, yeah. right? We, we know how this is. I mean, And it's a new owner. Like you said, new ownership coming in, so yeah. Everybody wants their own set of stamps on it. Uh, nine total picks in the draft because of the Montez Sweat and Chase Young picks ahead of the – trade deadline yeah that's that's appealing it's not bad I would still say I think the best vacancy is a place where you have an established quarterback it's like I kind of think the Chargers might be it yeah if you can just piece the rest of it together if you're sold on Bryce Young 
then maybe Carolina would be it. But you really got to be sold on him because, I mean, Carolina sold their soul to go up and get him. And they're not done. They've got a second-round pick they got to give up next year. I guess it kind of depends on what you're looking to do. If if you want a little more control of the roster construction, then Washington would be fun. Sure. It'd be great. But, uh, yeah, if you're coming in to try and win right here, right now, then – yeah, the Chargers with Herbert seems to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lloyd texted this very early in the show. I'm just tying up a couple really good early texts. Know why Brent? And by the Kinnipamire Chevrolet text line. You know why Brent Venables is the perfect coach for OU? Just like Switzer and Stoops, they all don't put up with or cause drama between the team and the fans. Yet watching everything going on at USC, Muleshoe seems to thrive on the drama. Just sad what's going what, what what happened this weekend was there anything more this weekend that happened with USC I will say though it doesn't take long for USC fans to kind of change their opinion on anything either because it was funny um everybody everybody thought that they would be all in on the portal and that they needed to go get someone out of the portal and then Miller Moss goes off against Louisville, and suddenly Miller Moss is the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of quarterbacking. So, yeah. (laughs) Miller Moss, I wouldn't come here if I was a portal quarterback. I wouldn't want to deal with him. Miller Moss, maybe he is. Who knows, maybe he's a really good quarterback for them. Uh, He obviously played well in the bowl game, but (laughs) – You can't stop there, right? I mean, you need to supplement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jay from Medill. This guilt holds strong in the jowl down through her knees and is correct on her feet, ribs, and back. Show great structure throughout the spine, etc. LOL. Buckle up, Plank. There's more. Best part for me is picking up the meat from the butcher. Yeah, I was talking about my trip to Perry, Oklahoma this weekend. Which, I, I'm not going to lie, I kind of thought Perry, Oklahoma was in Payne County. It is not. It's in Noble County, for those of you that are not geography nerds. So we were at the Noble County Fairgrounds this weekend. I think it was the fairgrounds. I know we had to go down uh, a dirt road to get there, so it made me feel very much at home. And my daughter's pig placed third in its class. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know really what led to it, but it it did. You would ask the question, Josh Helmer, why, why, why do people freak out over bread and milk yes. whenever the weather rolls in? Uh, Billy B from the nine one eight writes because a big country breakfast is best on really cold days. <laughs> well, yeah, that that I do get. Um, there was one from Mrs. B in here that I liked quite a bit. Where she said the baking essentials, and I'm like, well, I kind of like to, I like to. Oh, here, Miss Miss R, excuse me. Milk and eggs equal essential for baking. Can't make cornbread or cookies and cakes. But what if you don't? Who's have making? Pal- who's making cakes? I need to hang out with Miss R more. I guess it seems like Miss R. Let's let's go bake sometime. If there's an apocalyptic Not that kind weather of bake, scenario, uh, you're right. You don't have power. 
that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, nope, there's not a run on non-perishables. You know, it's like it's milk and eggs and, then and bread. The, and then the 402 guy says, stop complaining about the weather. Winter weather has arrived here in Nebraska. We're expecting 6 to 12 inches of snow. Yeah, it looks like up north, up north, a uh, little bit more towards green country and into Kansas City. Well, the Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri area. It looks like they're going to get hammered pretty hard. This week? Yeah. We, we might scare it a little bit and just have the cold weather. But it's going to be cold. Cold. Uh, and then one more. Zero degrees kickoff, uh, KC Miami. That's what it says. Uh, we were talking about the championship game tonight with True Sooner when he called. Uh, and True brought up the fact that, you know, we were literally a couple of better play calls away from Texas getting to play for the national championship in Houston. The 405 writes, don't forget, Texas beat USC for a natty in the Rose Bowl. That That is correct. That is correct. And then the 918 writes, what are the odds if Michigan wins tonight? The win and Natty is vacated by ruling of the NCAA. I say 90% chance. Well, I, had, I had to tell you something, man. I think you're shooting way too low here. You think it's almost guaranteed? I, I think it's almost guaranteed. I think it's almost guaranteed. But haven't they haven't they basically blown up a, a good portion of that narrative by continuing to play great? Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. I think that they're going to get hammered because of their unwillingness to, to cooperate. cooperate, right? But that's the thing. We've talked about this so many times. It's BS. You, you don't cooperate with the NCAA because programs that have cooperated with the NCAA don't get treated well. No, they don't. They get hammered. What was the great rant from um, Mike Boynton when he's like, last thing I would ever do is – Tell the truth to the NCAA ever again. <laughs> it's <laughs> great. It's like you're being butted for telling the truth. Uh, all right, when we come back, I mentioned there, there's some good stuff on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that we'll get to. Uh, Jim in Arlington again broke the news to us today. Dewey Selman is on his way to the Hall of Fame. He was uh, part of the 2024 class and includes Frank Solich and Michael Vick. And again, we're continuing to gather notes and better understand what Michael Tarquin's role might be as the newest addition is a transfer portal ad for the Sooners. Offensive lineman. Looks like he might play tackle, but we'll see if the Sooners aren't quite finished yet in building up that offensive line through the portal. That's next on a busy Monday edition of the Plank Show on the Ref. All right. Um, oh, geez, I just came in hot. Sorry, Josh. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> I sat down, ready to roll. Let's go. <laughs> Who is this hour brought to us by? Well, this hour is brought to us by Allison Insurance. Give Bob and Robert Allison a call. Let them find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. That's because Allison Insurance, they've been helping you and your family for over 60 years as well. 405-745-2968. Again, allisoninsurance.com. Nike and Tiger Woods have parted ways. Thoughts? I don't have... uh... I guess a ton of thoughts on it. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's Tiger Woods, right? But he's not the, he's not going to be winning a bunch of golf tournaments going forward. So from that standpoint, it's not shocking. I wonder, I mean, that is 
is this a situation where Tiger is saying, I'm going off to do my own thing, or where Nike is saying that we want you to go off and do your own thing? I mean, who's the instigator here? It's a good question. I I mean, I would imagine that uh, it's probably Nike's decision, don't you think? I think that – I mean, but Nike's still making bank – off a guy who hasn't played basketball in 30 years in Michael Jordan. I still think Tiger Woods is a brand, right? Sure. To where you'd always be able to make money off of it. The Tiger Woods line's pretty sweet. Mm. Even uh, I've got one OU polo that's a Tiger Woods line, and it's awesome. Right. I, it's, it's Maybe it's a Woods decision. Maybe, maybe he wants to create his own clothing line or something. I'd buy it. I would be more – how about this? I'd be more apt to buy a Tiger Woods thing than anything else in golf. I, of course, I suck at golf too, so you take that into consideration. Uh, to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line one final time. And uh, this hour, this hour, because there's so much still to get to. And we got the top five stories of the day right after the top. This, um, this was interesting from Realtor Chris. Something to ponder here in our final segment of hour two. A conversation I would like to have at some point is where is the green line in Division I football of teams that get better through the portal versus teams that get worse through the portal? It's easy to say we hate the portal and things have to change, but I would argue that teams like Oklahoma will consistently get better through the portal as opposed to other in-state schools whom do not. Caden Green may be our first player to leave that we really, really didn't want to leave. But overall, I feel like Oklahoma is still a net positive in the portal. My guess is there is really 15 to 25 schools that consistently get better because of the portal and the rest don't. That uh, is a tremendous story idea for one of the – Head writers of the athletics of the world or question. Sports Illustrated. Pull every single coach you can from the Power Five. Did you get better or worse versus the transfer portal? And I bet what you're going to find is the majority of coaches think they got better. Right. You feel like you're able to replace. And listen, it's not all on the player. You're able to either replace underdeveloped or – Bad fits. I mean, listen, everyone was slobbering over Malachi Nelson, right? He just signed with Boise. Now, this isn't a knock on Boise, but if you're the top quarterback recruit in the country, and after, Josh, one season on campus, one, not every Power 5 program is knocking down your door, then something's going on there, right? So it's either in the evaluation process or whatever. I, I I think most coaches would say, oh, yeah, it's still a net positive. I'd be curious to hear most fans' responses because I think, again, most fan bases would, would tell you, no, 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 we, we came out ahead right. via the transfer portal. How many fan bases do you think would, would say, ah, yeah, no, we got, we got picked apart? Oklahoma no a couple of years ago, maybe? Maybe, yeah. But – for the most part, and and listen, I still feel like we're still in the infancy of this, 
right? I mean, we're still learning about it. We're only a couple years in. So the well, it's like the long-term ramifications we still don't know. But I think it's a great question. And on the subject of Oklahoma, I would agree with Realtor Chris that Oklahoma's come out a net positive. Agreed? I agree. Now, Caden Green, uh, Caleb Williams, there's been a couple of examples of big-time players that you would have liked to have kept. But over the course of all of it, Oklahoma, I do believe, has come out ahead. And I think there would have to be – I don't know if it would be mathematical factors, but there would have to be some sort of – Point values. Right, that that would be put in there, especially whenever you're taking over a program, right? Because it's hard to recruit guys to stay – with you, especially if your head coach is going somewhere else, the previous head coach is going somewhere else, and not just flat out fired. Good question, Realtor Chris. Good question. Top five stories of the day coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.